thank you for joining me, Al, on Person Al Battles. This is episode four. Okay, something I've got to address straight away. A little disclaimer here. Episode three, in the adverts, there was an advert for something called Liverpool Gin. Now, our advertising and marketing team uh, came up with the advert, but they hadn't checked to see if the product was actually a real product. Turns out it is. So, any comments made about Liverpool Gin in the previous episode uh, just made up completely false. Do not relate to the real product at all. And the advertising and marketing department will be uh, suitably punished um, now. Ow! Sorry. I'm constantly trying new things with the show and pushing those boundaries to see what I can uh, accomplish and challenge myself. I've taken the show on the road. I've interviewed some great guests, and this one, um, I'm interviewing a great guest, but I'm also going international. Wow. Which did mean at one point having to stay past my uh, time. Mm. The things I do for this show, sacrifices. The world is a dark place. Let's spread the word of this podcast around the world and spread some light. Highs and lows. This week's highs and lows happened at the same time. Well, almost. It's a Tuesday night. It was a wet, cold Tuesday night here in the northeast of England. And Tuesday night, it's track night for me, so I'm running around athletics track. And at that point, it was just starting to freeze, actually quite quickly, and the entire track froze. So our running coach said, just run around on the field on the inside. That way, you should be safe. Again, saying safe, there was also two guys having a hammer-throwing competition. So I know, yeah, you say it's safe, but there's also flying hammers. But it was fine. Every time you got up to the uh, the hammer cage, uh, one guy would stop you if one other guy was uh, busy getting his, getting his twirl on. But for, for one, one of these moments, um, I ran towards them, and he was mid-twirl, so I I was going to stop. And the other guy who was guarding the cage said, just, just run round, buddy, yeah, it'd be fine. So I didn't even think, I just carried on and put one foot down on the icy track. And yeah, down I went. Timber. And because I'm such a great height, I also fall from a great height. And probably look like, uh, probably make quite the impact. So much so that the rest of the people who I run with and the hammer throws were all very concerned. Um, yeah, and it, it hurt quite a bit. But it was it was really nice as well. Turned into a quite a high because where I run on a Tuesday night, I uh, I'm on the track night with uh, I run with school children. Um, they beat me every week, but I just keep showing up and just trying to hang at the hang at the back and just try to keep going. And it's it's really good fun. It's really good training for me. Um, but yeah, I think that kind of uh, got me accepted with the. Uh, School kids, seeing that I just uh, jumped back up and just started running. Like, how did you carry on running when you were bleeding? It's like, yeah, it's, it's, it's not a problem. It's fine. So, yeah, they all uh, had high admiration for me to keep going. And every time I ran past the hammer throws, they kept apologizing for sending me on the ice. And I was like, yeah, it's absolutely fine. It's not your problem. And uh, at one point, the hammer throws formed a human shield where I, would, uh, where I last touched the track making some sort of like ice guard so I didn't do it again <laughs> and also uh, I found out that uh, my Garmin watch releases uh, an instant report to my emergency contact if I fall over I didn't realize it did that so yeah I fell over and uh, I found out that 
in the future if I fall over, uh, my emergency contact is uh, contacted and then my phone starts going off like a siren and I have to answer a question, are you okay? So yeah, now I know and I've learned the hard way that yeah, if something happens, uh, my watch, my, uh, my Garmin is uh, looking out for me as well. So that's lovely. Catching up with Carl. After last week's success of life advice from a swan called Colin, he's gone and done it again. His advice for you now is, at this time of year, it's important to just be yourself. Unless you're a turkey, and then be anything but a turkey. Or a goose, yeah, don't be a goose either, don't be a turkey or a goose. In fact, don't be any kind of Christmas bird. Yep, great advice again, Carl, thank you. Put that into action, listeners. Don't be a bird. You are listening to Person Al Battles. I just want to take a moment here to say thank you. Um, this podcast is still just in its early stages, and already I'm receiving great feedback for what I'm trying to do here. It's uh, it's it's something I believe in. I'm very passionate about this project, and I'm hoping that more people hear it, and hopefully out there it helps someone. I'm handpicking these stories for you, the listener. I hope you're enjoying the honest and open conversations. And I'm hoping also that it, it shows people out there who struggle with these conversations to realise there's no stigma. I can smash that door in of that stigma about talking about how I feel and emotions and can open up and start getting the help that they uh, they need. And if you want, you can always contact Personal Battles. I'd love to have a Personal Battles community that we can all just talk openly together. So yeah, come join us. We have cookies. Uh, actually, no, we don't have uh, cookies. No, um, we have we have a guy who talks with Swan. Does that help? Now it's time for battle guest number four. It's my good friend Ed. These stories are handpicked for you, the listener, and I'm hoping that you already can see there's a trend here. And the trend is when it comes to mental health, there is no trend. The triggers and everything conditions before can all be so varied but the common thing that we have with these battle guests is they're prepared to come forward to speak to me and to share their stories with you the listeners to hopefully educate and maybe help other people out there suffering to see talking openly and honestly and their coping mechanisms might just work for someone so here comes a good friend Ed. I am now joined by battle guest number four. My first guest I haven't met in person. Maybe I can maybe superimpose myself in a photograph with them, but there's a slight um, distance between us. The distance is 4,519 miles. So that's quite the distance from myself here in the northeast of England all the way over to, where would we say, Vancouver Island? Vancouver Island. Yeah, that's where we're going. We're going to Vancouver Island to meet the lovely Ed. Ed McDonald, who I've been uh, talking to for some time on Instagram. A great person, a runner. You'll find out how much of a runner, and you'll hear a little bit about his story coming up. First of all, Ed, I've got to ask, over there, do you have swans over there? Swans, we have swans, Al. We is, have is, swans. We have is, distant is swans called Colin. Colin. Is Colin over there? Have you seen him? 
He's not here, but uh, apparently a distant cousin uh, of Colin has made the migration. <laughs> Didn't make it back. He's here. He's he stayed here. over there, has he? Oh. Stayed here. It's warmer. You know, it, the climate here is, is very quite conducive to, to swan life. And um, they seem quite happy out by Hatley Castle, where they shot one of the X-Men movies. Really? One of the X-Men movies yes. is up there, is it? Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. you go X-Men. I will go. I'll try and top trump you with Avengers Endgame. Ooh. Now, Avengers Endgame, the part where Thor goes back home, that was filmed in my uh, in Durham, which is not too far away from me, in a cathedral. Nice. And so, yeah, I, all the cast was there, and I met Chris Hemsworth. No, not the Chris Hemsworth. The Chris Hemsworth. He was having a meal. I was polite and asked if I could have a moment of his time. The waitress said, of course. It took me to the back to meet Chris and his friend. Nice. Sat down beside him. Lovely man. And then I asked, obviously, a very odd question of, uh, would you mind punching me in the face? <laughs> and he said, I can't do that. I said, no, no. My idea is every time I meet a celebrity, I want them to beat me up. And I can have like a going up the stairs, like a, a, color, a gallery of photographs of people just kicking the heck out of me. Yeah. Right. Nice. He says, no, no, no. But you can punch me. It's like, oh, great. So I, I pretended to punch Chris Hemsworth. Oh, his face was so silky smooth. <laughs> <laughs> what a man but yeah so yeah X-Men Avengers nice. cool nice. very cool <laughs> so yeah um, let's bring you the friendly fire question Ed so this was set by my previous battle guest battle guest 3 and Andy and his question is who would play you in the movie of your life so who would play you then Andy uh, well, clearly it'd have to be someone handsome, intelligent, sophisticated. Naturally. Naturally. I mean, it'd be nice to be those things at least once in my life, even if it's in a movie. Um, I always thought someone like Danny Brian DeVito. Reynolds. Oh, okay. Danny DeVito would work too. Striking man. <laughs> but yeah, I, 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 right, Ryan, Ryan Reynolds. Reynolds. A Ryan Reynolds. I think he's always yes. been a bit of a man, a bit of a man crush, you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's nothing that guy can't do, yeah. But yeah, exactly. So yeah, so 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 someone like him would be great. Who would play me in the movie of my life? Um, I've been told maybe Dustin Hoffman. Um, yeah, I'm going with Dustin Hoffman. Dustin Hoffman. It might it might be the nose. I don't know. <laughs> but right. <laughs> I've had I've had that uh, you know person mention me. Hey. When I worked in Saudi Arabia, I had so many, hey, anybody ever tell you you look like Dustin Hoffman? I said, no, yeah. you're the first one. Thank you very much. <laughs> and they actually believed that. <laughs> they actually believed it. Anyway, Dustin Hoffman. I'm going with Dustin Hoffman. Nice, Ed. Yeah, right. Cool. Um, for myself, oh, who should I would go? Well, we've got, uh, we've got a premiership footballer over here called Peter Crouch. He's probably closest to my height, but I think he's uh -huh. in shorter than me and six foot seven. So he's a bit of a midget. Uh, there was an actor called Chris Marshall. He was uh, in Love Actually and an English TV comedy called My Family. He's a bit of a goofball. People said I look like him. But I also like, I like, yes, I like uh, Brad Garrett from Everyone Loves Raymond. Everyone, Robbie. Yep. Robbie, the, the, the tall brother. Yeah, I think nice. he could, yeah, I think, I think he should play me, yeah, because he's got a quite nice. deep voice. Yes. <laughs> I like that. I like that. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, so I'm going Brad Garrett. I'm really excited as well that um, I'm talking to you, Ed, because this podcast, second biggest following is Canada. So for some reason, you Canadians love me. <laughs> nice. Well, we have... Well, what can I say? We you we, have we love following the poll. We have taste, Al. We have taste. <laughs> you have taste. <laughs> right, so now it's about time we go over to Canada, Vancouver Island, <laughs> to my friend Ed and have his personal battle story where he'll tell us what happened on his battlefield, the conditions he was under, how he eventually fell, and then we'll hear how he got back up. So, Ed, over to you. This is your moment, your story, Ed. Please tell me a little bit about dark times and uh, what what led up to those times. Well, Al, um, I'm going to say that um, my struggles um, came to the surface after a fairly traumatic divorce about 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm a healthcare worker. I've uh, worked in... Uh, trauma care in the emergency rooms, the intensive care units, um, both in Canada and overseas in Saudi Arabia, and saw a lot of horrible things <clears throat> that kind of were under the surface, if you will. And they never really came to be an issue for me until my di- my divorce. And I had to go see somebody because that just, it ripped my heart out. My uh, the mother of my yeah. two boys, um, you know, had left me for somebody else. So somebody else that lived in her home, female, and um, that I had brought into our home, helped her get a job. Like, yeah, you know, it was just it was it was really really tough. And uh, I was off work for six weeks. I was devastated, um, and I needed to go see somebody. So after I'd gone to see like the very first counselor ever in my life. Um, you know, they, they start digging through the layers yeah, and, and, and other than the, you know, the, the, the trauma of, of the divorce, you know, they get back into your history. And so can you tell us some of your history, Ed, where did you start? I started off in acute care where we dealt with a lot of trauma stuff. And I worked in the East coast of Canada, Moncton, New Brunswick for four years and had a lot of, saw a lot of awful, horrible things. I went to Saudi Arabia. I was a respiratory therapist, but I worked at a military hospital as a civilian. It was after the Gulf War, so no like wartime stuff, but it was, um, but it was just the, you know, the different culture. Sadly, uh, dad's driving with their children on the laps of the car. Um, and in the hospital, hospital terms, you know, we'd hear of a, a trauma coming into the emergency room. And it'd be a child that was crushed between dad and the steering wheel. And it got, got to the point where we would, what was it? It was another Saudi airbag situation. And it was just horrific, you know? How was the term you using? Like just stupid, stupid things, you know, like just things that we wouldn't be allowed here due to our laws, but yeah, you know, and that was at that time. I mean, yeah. But it was, you'd see, you know, too many things like that. And I mostly worked in the intensive care unit helping, you know, with, uh, we had a Saudi cardiac surgeon that was trained in Canada. And uh, 
he liked he liked what I had to offer because I learned enough Arabic at the time. So when our patients woke up oh, really? after getting into, extubated uh, off the mechanical ventilator that was breathing for them, yeah. you know, they, they would, if I was the first, well, I was the guy taking their breathing tube out, but yep. they might be able to hear, uh, you know, some words of their own language. So wow. I prided myself on uh, learn, learning that and, and to uh, minimize their trauma. Sometimes we can't do much for our own trauma, but we can always do our best yeah. to minimize yeah. the trauma of others. And some and just, sometimes just a, it's a small way. Yeah, exactly. Just a small yeah. little thing. Yeah, can mean small a lot little to thing. Else. Whether it's a, a word, a smile, you know, a gesture. Hmm. You know, it's it's sometimes the little things that can yeah. go a long way. You just way. learn a little Make... bit of Arabic. Yeah, it can mean so much. Right. And came back to Canada. Drove across the country to to see it. Because I hadn't seen my own country and traveled uh, <laughs> around the world a wee bit, yeah, and yeah. Uh, get get out here and fell in love with uh, the West Coast. And ironically, uh, at the end of the first summer here, I helped my uncle with the sailing business, which is one of the reasons I ended up on the West Coast of Canada. But I got contacted by one of the uh, the home care companies, so I've been working in community care or home care as we call it here for the past uh, twenty seven years. Um, more or less going out to see patients, um, seeing a lot of folks, sadly, with uh, lung cancer and COPD, right. emphysema, long-term smokers. And we provide, we have a contract with the health um, service here to provide home oxygen therapy. So I uh, set people up that need oxygen for the final, you know, days, months, years of their life. And uh, I go in and do home assessments, education with them. And... Yeah. Yeah, sadly, pick up the equipment when they when they pass on. So, oh wow, yeah. So that's probably one of the things you were discussing with me at one point about your work being quite heavy, Ed. So you you turn to running as a bit of relief. Is that right? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. the running, yeah, the the morning, the first, uh, the the run in the morning is the best. Sometimes the best part of the day. I mean, there's a lot of great attributes to what I do. I mean, I get yeah. a lot of, um, you know, a lot of feedback and and uh, payment, if you will. Uh, other than the financial type from the, you know, the people that I serve and, um, mm. and their family members. Um, but um, yeah, there's, a, you know, some trying times as well. And, mm. you know, I think at a, at a certain, you get to a certain age and, and I'm constantly reminded almost daily of just how fragile life mm. is. So what was your darkest time and what did you think, what were the factors that led up to that moment? Uh, right up until I'm going to say um, my a very traumatic divorce 20 years ago, um, I endured or encountered many many traumas, you right. know, um, through my um, nothing to do with you know no childhood stuff or you know happy childhood happy happy life yeah. you know had the had the world world by the tail if you will, um, but you know. I mean, I recall, I recall certain, you know, things like when the logging truck lost its load and rolled over onto a family out enjoying a hayride and um, being a part of the trauma team, uh, getting called into the hospital and, and um, by my colleagues and uh, meeting the trauma victims at the door. And I recall vividly being handed this bag and I thought, well, well what's this? Sadly, it was the body of a, a child you know they just didn't know what to do and um 
you know, that's just one incident, but it uh, plays in my mind. You know, hearing the screams of a, of, of a mother after, after a, um, a doctor friend had to tell her and her husband that we lost their two sons after they drowned. And I can still hear those screams. And yeah, it's evident that yeah, you know, okay. and um, and it was just it was it was tough, and and um, and wow. you know, so in part that, you know, um, had an impact on my life in terms of I don't know how any parent could endure that, and didn't, um, I could never foresee having children, and and going through something like that, yeah. but. On my trip across Canada, I did have a, uh, a cardiac event, shall we say, where I thought, this is it. I'm, I'm checking out myself, you know, <laughs> at the age of 30-something. And, you know, we had worked in Saudi. We had savings. We had we didn't have want for anything material. But it was at, at that point in time when I'm waiting for the ambulance to arrive, I'm thinking, you know, what am I leaving the world? You know, what what's our purpose here? Yeah. And... It was then I was like, you know what, you know, my grandparents are gonna be pissed off if I don't leave them any grandchildren. <laughs> so, <laughs> so once obviously I survived survived that uh, event and yeah. moved on, and and uh, my boy's mom and I got out here and made a life here, and and uh, you know decided to have children, and so we have two two healthy boys mm-hmm. now, uh, twenty four and. 19 the 19 year old be uh 20 this month and um yeah it uh yeah that was that was a turning that was a turning point but i mentioned Sally when my youngest was seven weeks old uh my boy's mom decided that she was interested in somebody else and which just happened to be a person living in the uh, in a room in our home and just happened to be another lady and so they left, took my boys, and I was devastated because I thought I'd married my best friend. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we were friends before anything else. And it uh, it really hurt. Yeah. yeah <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. And that kind of triggered, uh, you know, a lot of stuff. I got uh, found myself being getting more emotional um, mm. over the years with the when anybody experienced. Um, any sort of loss. So there's different kinds of losses in life. You know, people yeah. can lose a life or you can lose a life partner. Yeah. Lose a child. Yeah. And, um, and, you know, in my job, I, I found it very difficult. Um, you know, I, I'm the guy that uh, w- would tear up when I would hear of a patient passing and having to go to the family's home and so forth. And, and then when my best friend, uh, passed away at the age of 56 from a brain tumor. Um, that hit that that hit really hard, and uh, you know went into a, uh, kind of a not so happy place. You know, just what's the point? You know. And I think there's a good time to stop for an advert break. We'll leave Ed there on a battlefield, grieving over his best friend, grieving over his divorce um, and the loss of his life partner and also he's dealing with a lot of 
trauma just from the things that he sees working in, in trauma units. So yeah, we'll leave we'll leave Ed and we'll come back to the to him after these adverts. From the makers of this podcast, Personal Bodies, comes the original story of where it all began. The running of fitness community know him as Personal Best. Follow him as he breaks new heights in height. And watch him break new distances in height. Follow him in all great social media platforms and see him talk to a swan and ring a bell sometimes. Annually. The next new Keep Fit craze has landed. And here's a clue. It's the background music. Yes. Clapping classes. Clap your way to the class. Clap during the class. Then clap on your way home. Clappity clap. And at the end of it, you'll give yourself the clap. Hooray for clapping classes. Give yourself a round of applause for clapping. This Christmas in all your TV boxes is the biggest Christmas movie ever. Join our friends John McClane and Hans Gruber. Don't forget, he has a machine gun. Ho, ho, ho. Welcome to the party, pal. Yippee-ki-yay. It's Die Hard. Welcome back to part two, and we rejoin Ed on the battlefield. But, but, but so many dark places. Yeah, but you know they're they're out there, and the, yeah. the the thing is, the thing that I've I've realized, you know, is that you know we all have our stories, hmm. and this just happens to be my story. Hmm. But there's every everybody and everybody's story is their own, and yeah, you know, there's I know guys have gone through divorce like twice. Horrible things have happened, you know, or these parents that lost their kids. I mean, so you know, and having some, you know. I don't know, friends that had different attitudes, like, come on, Ed, suck it up, get over it. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> not always that easy, right? Exactly, yeah. Yeah, I, when I, I can uh, relate to what you're saying there about uh, going through a divorce, Ed, because for the main emotions, it was like a grieving process. It yeah. was, it was, it was like, I've, I've lost my wife, and it was, yeah, everything just changed. Everything was up in the air, my house, my child. Everything was yeah. going to be different from this moment on, and no matter how much I try and climb back to where I wanted to be, that that had gone. Yeah, and that was that was hard to deal with. Yeah, and yeah. I never want to go yeah. through that again. That was so traumatic, and I didn't want to yes. affect relationships yeah. going forward either. But yeah, yeah. carry that weird. Yeah, sadly it does. So I think yeah, you know because we have, you know, it's for better or for worse, and sickness and health till death do us part. Well. None of us died. Why you, Why are you leaving? What's going yeah. on? Yeah, to me it was hard because the special the special bond I have with Megan, and I felt yeah. like me and her, me and her were, were suffering. We were pulled apart, and I'm like, yeah, I didn't do yeah. anything wrong. Why Why are we being hurt in this? So, yeah. yeah, that that yeah. that was and difficult. Yeah, yeah, and that's yeah, and even even still, like I I missed out on so many. You know, those first that you know, parents, yeah. you know, dads, moms should you know should experience. Like we went into parenthood with the you know, with no vision of what could happen that way, yeah. right? Yeah. And it was, yeah, it's been, um, yeah, especially around the Christmas time. You know, you know, will, will I see my boys? Will I? Yeah. Are they going to their moms? You know, the yeah. the back and forth thing, and and 
and not only that, but the, you know, in the knowledge that it affects them, you know, even though we may not see it, but it does, it affects them. And unfortunately, quite often the, the children are, are the biggest losers in this, yeah. you know, experience and yeah. the lawyers all win, you know, they don't care. <laughs> yeah. Right? Everybody they're one. rubbing their hands absolutely <laughs> lying in their pockets and like oh i've got another one wheel this one in oh we need a good trial on, on this but we never i mean we never did the court thing but still it was very traumatic and and um yeah just you know even even this time of year it just you know where's everybody going to be and my 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 current wife you know for the last 14 years i mean we're a blended family we're like the brady bunch if you uh ever saw the american tv show yeah but um she had two girls i have the two boys and you know we've had it's a many joyful moments right yeah and um but it's you know these other the unknown always the <laughs> unknown you know what's what's going to happen but you know as as we uh doing the uh east coast of canada we're a hardy stock like you folks over there hmm. uh, we just keep going right yeah you just you, you you survive it you you keep going and and but uh out here in the west coast things people are a little softer right. or they're more compassionate or <laughs> they're more in tune with themselves and and they you know said oh you got to go see somebody ed so yeah that brought up a lot of you know that other stuff that was layering on top of the hurt and pain and yeah, and, and just, emotions that i was feeling deeply, from the divorced yeah. mm. Yeah, and it just all started to compound to the point that it was, it was really difficult to get up and go to work some days. Right. And because in my my current job, even though it's not uh, as much trauma care anymore, um, sadly uh, many of my patients actually pass away. And but I am, you know, making them comfortable in the process. It's not through trauma um, for the most part. Chronic lung disease, lung cancer chronic disease, that sort of thing. And, um, but it is, it, diff, it is difficult. Like some of, at least in home care, you get to have more of a uh, connection with a lot of patients uh, by visiting more frequently versus that acute care patient in the trauma room or the intensive care unit where you maybe see them once or twice and they're out, they're out the front door or they're out the back door. But in ho home care, you know, they're, they're there until it's their final day. And, and, uh, and, you know, to a degree, I feel blessed that I'm able to to help them and um, get them through and their families through a, a tough time, make them feel a little bit more comfortable. But, you know, it was it, like I said, it it was starting to pile up and probably more so after my best friend um, had died of a, a brain tumor uh, seven years ago now. He was only 56 years of age. Amazing, amazing father, amazing uh, son. Um, he was a, a lawyer, published author, had an amazing website, Al. He, had, he loved writing. He loved uh, when the internet came out. He uh, had up to 35,000 unique visitors to his website every day just because of what he shared and his That's passion amazing. for the law. Yeah, yeah. And his, his, he was... Uh, he was a comedian. He was oh, wow. amazing. He and I, um, I got him into hockey as a goaltender. 
And we played in a hockey team together that set the Guinness Book of World Records no for the way. longest non for the longest non professional hockey game in history. Uh -huh. uh, up up into that point, fifty two hours and one minute playing ice hockey together. <laughs> so you know we had these. It was that guy. It was that friend that I I never really had growing up. I was the academic mm -hmm. nerd, small town. Um, you know, had friends, but that this guy was this guy was special. And to lose him, I was devastated. Yeah. You know, I've never, I'm the eldest of five kids, never lost anybody in my family. Mm -hmm. uh, they're all still alive. My grandparents have, have passed, moved on, but, uh, you know, um, the later stages of life, late 80s, mid to late 80s. And so that was a tough one. So I, um, in order to, you know, and, you know, and the counseling and yes, there was the the medications, the, uh, the antidepressants for a period of time, but I didn't want to do that. Didn't want to go down that route. Okay. And here in Vancouver Island, there was a um, very groundbreaking treatment that was just starting to emerge, which was called ketamine assisted therapy. And I had the privilege of participating in the very first cohort research group yeah. of 25 other healthcare professionals that were going through stuff. Yeah. And, um, and it was a 12 week program. That consisted of, you know, 12 weeks of online Zoom counseling. This happened just around uh, COVID times. And uh, three sessions of, of ketamine under controlled conditions with a physician and nursing staff and et cetera. And it was, uh, it was very eye-opening. And um, it made a huge difference for many of us in the room. Nice. And so, yeah, I share that. It's not available everywhere in the world. Yeah. Um, I see now I was in at no charge, but they, they do offer this sort of thing to all of veterans across Canada that have PTSD, et cetera, mm -hmm. for folks suffering with anxiety, depression. Um, there's different programs out there. It's covered by uh, Veterans Affairs Canada for our veterans. Mm -hmm. And I see clinics popping up everywhere. Sadly, it's like many treatments bit of a money grab where they give you the medication then you're kind of on your own whereas we had follow-up we have the appropriate follow-up we had constant support people touching base and and uh that made a huge difference you know for for me anyway and my my colleagues that had gone through it so the program was launched here on vancouver island it's been featured on um CBC Radio, our national radio station in Canada. Right. Uh, the program itself was called Roots to Thrive. Anybody can look it up. They have a website, and it's you know for local folks here, but we they do have folks that are flying in for treatments now, and it's it's quite costly. <laughs> give you right. give you that heads up. Yeah. I was in, thank God I was in the cohort, the, the pre cohort. <laughs> but they do offer us. Um, they call them bump up sessions or alumni sessions, uh, whereby we can go and um, enroll in a, a short course, not the full 12 weeks and, and have a sitting one-on-one uh, uh, -on -one session with the ketamine, with the professionals. And the whole idea with the ketamine is that it has helped people get off of their former medication that has side effects. Right. Um, it's allowed them to uh, dump out a lot of the, the junk that they're carrying around and start with a clean slate. And I won't get into all the rewiring of the brain and yeah, all of right. these 
sort of things that, mm-hmm. you know, supposedly does. Because it's like with any medication that people take, we don't really care how it works, just that it works. Yeah. Right? <laughs> just that it works. And does it work? Give me it. Yeah. Does it work? You know, mm-hmm. and what are the, you know, the side, you know, the side effects or what's the, so <clears throat> yeah, the, the goal of the therapy was to get people off medication and, and uh, to allow them to uh, be a bit more free. And that, that's what it did for me, you know? Right. And have sent other friends um, uh, to the program Mm -hmm. who have benefited. And and just like with other medications, not everybody will. But it's one of these things that it's available for people to try if they haven't tried it. Yeah. And and that's the thing. So, and other other than that, uh, there's, um, as you know, I I run every day. And... (laughs) You know, it's uh, some sometimes, well, we all have to realize that sometimes the only moments we have are the ones we're in right now. And yeah. I live 250 meters from the uh, the ocean here. So I get up every morning, take my dog, Luca, and we go down for a 3K run. Unless it's park run day, then it's 5K, unless <laughs> I'm volunteering. And uh, that's a, a great way to start the day because, you know, days... I. Me personally, I find that it's so easy later on in the day to say, nah, I'm too tired or something comes up or I was on call this weekend and I ended up driving 270 kilometers to see a patient and back. If I waited to do my run in the evening, I might not have got yeah. it done. Yeah. So I feel the, the morning is yeah, the, best the best time of day for me Yeah. to get out there. And it, you know, despite what the day, whatever the day is going to throw at me, it's a daily reminder that it's a it's a good day to be alive, right? <laughs> yeah, and your daily reminders, yeah, look great on Instagram too. Every day you want a bit of motivation, a bit of uh, a bit of a pick me yeah. up. Is uh, just tune into uh, Ed McDonald's uh, Instagram page, which is fitness underscore over fifty, and yeah, he'll give you a little moment, a little uh, quote of the day, just to put a smile back on your face and a little warm in your heart, and you can tell Ed needs that too. But it's great kind of motivation. He gives you some good advice. Some of the been some great ones from Dr. Zeus have been giving his head. Yeah. And the advice is people say, Ed, why Ed, why do you do that? Well, selfishly, I do it for myself. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's and it's one thing first. to read. Yeah, it's one thing to read the words, because obviously I'm not the original author of much of what I say. Mm. But um, we can read something and it, you know, we just read it. But if you say it, you read it, you speak it you embrace it um and we start to live it you know <laughs> like today's today's um reminder of the day is like sometimes sometimes the best views come after the toughest climbs wow. so yeah. if you've ever done any you mm-hmm. know mountain climbing or hike up the your local hill i mean you know despite what's you know around us i mean you you get up to a vantage point and sometimes it's not even that physical climbing. It's, you know, climbing, you know, overcoming your own mountain, you know, your own obstacles, your own challenges. Yeah, yeah. yeah it could be anything, yeah. And when you think that you can't get through it, just like going mm-hmm. up a mountain, I can't do mm-hmm. this. But you get through those challenges yeah. and you realize that, hey, it's not so bad here on the other side. Yeah, sometimes it's, it's, it gets in your head. And if you think about it too much, that mountain just keeps getting higher and higher. Until yeah. you start the climb, and then you yeah. realize, I don't know what I was worried about. It's not yeah. that bad. It's not. 
it's such yeah. a bad thing. I was thinking about like worst case scenario. It's it's like you know, it's it's gonna be fine. Tomorrow will still come, and uh, I'll have a beautiful yeah. view. And I think I remember the uh, the quote that I wrote in my grade twelve high school yearbook in nineteen eighty. Great things happen when men and mountains meet. Nice. But it's yeah, you have to. Um, we go through motions in life sometimes, but uh, I think it's important to. Um, if we don't look out, like it being in healthcare, and what mm-hmm. I see every day, and what you see every day, yeah. If you don't look out for yourself, you have to look out for yourself so that you now can help others, right? Be it, and your and the, those, you know, in terms of hierarchy, your family, right? Your friends, mm-hmm. your community, mm-hmm. the greater mm-hmm. folks on the the World Wide Web, yeah, and. But you have to start with yourself. Yeah, that ties into what Andy said there on the previous episode, my Battle Guest Three, where he said he said it's I know it's a bit of cliche, but you you can't fill from an empty cup. You can't pour yeah. from an empty cup because you know you got to look after yourself first, because because then you can start looking after everybody you love. But you can't keep spreading yourself too thinly um, if you're not That's looking right. after yourself. Exactly. So do you think do you think Ed that um, all this work in trauma units and the things that you see every day gives you a different outlook on life? an appreciation uh, on puts things in perspective oh, oh absolutely absolutely i mean people we can watch sad movies and see things happen and sometimes for people that's their that's their own exposure to it but they realize well, that's just make believe but i'm out yeah. i'm out there seeing it happen in real life and yeah and you know it, may, it makes you feel you know grateful for what you have hmm. you know because other people just lost it yeah, and, and you can see how fragile life can be. It's truly fragile. Nobody right. knows whether it's your my best buddy goes home after being at my place and has some pumpkin pie cheesecake, uh-huh. but that night experiences a grand mal seizure, which is the precursor yeah. to discovering that he has a brain tumor, etc. Wow. You know, and yeah, it's life life is short. Yeah, you know, we need to. It's, it's it's so crazy sometimes because I think, especially with the younger generation, they almost feel like they're invulnerable and then do some crazy things because they don't know yeah. how thin life is. And then um, my brother is retired fireman, but he would tell me so many stories about you know somebody's parked up on the side of the road and then a truck coming the other way just totally wiped them out. Yeah. But it was like the seconds, you know, if that truck wasn't there or they hadn't stopped for that slight moment in time, they'd slightly been late yeah. or a bit early going to work, yeah. that would never have happened. Yeah. Exactly. Like worst case, wrong time, wrong place. And you realize so true. it's just, you know, it just, everything's just changed in, in, in a blink. And the same with you, Ed, that you're meeting people on the worst day of their lives. Yeah. And then that's, I was, I've always wondered, like, with people like you and, and my brothers, like, how how do you switch off? How do you then come home and go, okay, I've got to be, I've got to be, put, leave that behind me now. I've got to disconnect and just be family, Ed. How, how do you do that? Can, can you just turn it off? Or do you bring things yeah, home with you? you know, yeah. Sadly, my, my wife would certainly say it's, you know, it's it's difficult. And she knows that I have to go and have some quiet time. And I try to take that quiet time on the drive home or, you know, and, and reflect on it. But but she's amazing. I'm so blessed. I mean, she she gives me daily reminders, you know, she... about uh, <laughs> daily reminders of, of, you know, just how lucky we all are. Yeah. And that we are all we're all human. Like to feel the things that we feel, there's nothing wrong with it. It's totally human. 
to have the emotions that we do, right? And we were given these emotions to feel them. And it's just uh, finding the way not to let these emotions spill over onto other people, you know, that can, you know, negatively affect their day. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, just, yeah, turn it off. But, um, you know, my, you know, my, do my running in the morning. So coming home at night is, is different, but, um, you know, my pick up the guitar, try to bang out silent night on the piano. <laughs> Silently. <laughs> Silently. <laughs> um, you know, I, uh, have done i've gotten in you know over the years online you know the whole online world is fast and etc but uh different projects there if you ever had a dog they're amazing yeah man's best friend Mm -hmm. and uh yeah just uh but here in canada i'm gonna tell you we come home living on the west coast yeah we can watch hockey almost any day of the week what is hockey so all I the come, time? <laughs> you I, Canadians and your hockey. <laughs> ice hockey. Yep. Can come home, put on the Vancouver Canucks, the Montreal Canadiens, the Toronto Maple Leafs, watch the Winnipeg Jets, even explain. some of the American teams, you know. <laughs> but now with the internet, it used to be hockey night in Canada, which was just Saturday night. Right. Now it's like almost every night there's a game. <laughs> so, and even though it's not your guys' football, yeah, soccer we call it here. It's yeah, football. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's 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 a nice way to nice way to unwind, but exactly, uh, yeah. We yeah, but we have a busy household, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, we had we had four children, and now we host a couple of international students from around the world, and um, yeah, so there's always something going on, but yeah, so you know, when I do get out of the car and and um, close the gate, enter the house, you know, as much as I want to, I try to try to shut things off, and some days are you know, um, easy, um, easier than others. And when I do have a difficult day, as we all should, I have somebody I can talk to and say, hon, you know, can I talk about this? Yeah. You know, Mrs. So-and-so, he passed away today. And don't, I don't know why I'm so upset about it and sad about it, but she say, well, yeah, she had a good life and you were there for her. There's nothing more that you could do. You did what you could. And, right. yeah, you know, just try to try to pick me up and sometimes it's just a hug you know we all need hugs and yeah, yeah sometimes it's just a hug and a couple of deep breaths and we move on and you're back to happy ed again <laughs> back to happy ed it's not always that easy al but it's you know, kind of one day after day yeah. hi this is ed and you are listening to Person Al Battles. My wife's uh, best friends are casting directors for Hollywood flicks, and uh, really, trust me. Anytime we were out for them for dinner, I was putting it all on. Trust me. <laughs> Can't imagine going for it. Are they going what do you want for this the... week? A pirate? Oh, I know a pirates in the Caribbean. What you need? What you need? I'm I'm there for you. <laughs> what? Somebody to hold the door? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> haven't made the cut yet, Al. Haven't made the cut. We're, all, we're always but trying. We're still trying, Ed. It's all about, mate. It's uh, got to keep, keep swinging. <laughs> and, if, and if you can keep making yourself laugh, that's what it's all about, isn't it? That's what we got to do, laugh at yourself. You can laugh at yourself. Who cares? We got to do it. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and we got two fireplaces going, Al. Wow. Is that, t- is that TV not so not very hot? 
Yeah. The other one, the other one I, put, I had to turn the other one off because... Oh, yeah. Uh, turn the real one off and leave the fake one on. <laughs> I know. It's great. It's brilliant. Who thought of this? <laughs> You've got a fireplace in your house and you're watching it on the TV. <laughs> there is that. But you're, you're a big lover of park runs, Ed, aren't you? And run oh. director as well. So... Oh. I love what happened there? Run. Did you just fall in love with parkrun the first time you've done one? It's oh, it been, well, been going on for years. Well, I was having a tough time back in 2018. And uh, 2018? Yeah, 2018. And I, re- you know, my regular running route, I was doing hit training. I was doing stuff just to, you know, keep myself motivated. Like I came, like back in the day, Al, uh-huh. I don't really share this much. So you're hearing it for the first time. Oh, wow. But Exclusive. Okay. You're Mr. Ed here. I'm a three-hour marathoner. Three hours and 34 seconds. What? 127 from my half. You know, I we uh, when I got to the West Coast here, everybody runs. They didn't do anything else. And I could <laughs> finally start running. So I joined a, a running club. And, and yeah. I remember the day that I could run 12 minutes, Al. I was an asthmatic. I could never run anywhere else. Mm-hmm. And I could run 12 minutes. Like, this is cool. So I'm, I'm not on any breathing medications. Out here, and I started running. Ran my first race, and some guy comes and says, "Hey, uh, what running club do you run with?" Because that was a pretty impressive time. I said, ah, "This is actually just my first race." He said, oh, really? "You should come join us." Wow! You should come join us. <laughs> so I, 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 I joined the club, and and uh, and this is when I was thirty six. Um, trained for my first marathon with a bunch of guys that were, you know, they were in a triathlon club. So when they cycled and and swam, I I ran because I couldn't. I couldn't swim and didn't have a bike. So I just ran <laughs> and they all, and they all got injured. And on the, uh, the day of the marathon, I'm the only guy at the start line, the whole, like the team of us, right. but they, they, they dotted the route. And could you imagine now back in the day, we didn't have Strava. We didn't have, yeah. I had to write my, I write my uh, split times down my arm and, and nobody said to use a pen that wouldn't run. And I'm like, ah, oh. so I had the guys on the course. So, the goal was a three-hour marathon, but I cramped up uh, in the um, at twenty at the twenty-four mile mark or so. Cramped mm-hmm. up, kind of hit the wall, but both both calves cramped up, and so hobbled through it. And you know, three hours and thirty-four seconds. Wow, and, you are an athlete, Ed. Yeah, but uh, you know, and then had children. Uh, then I had my boy, my eldest son, in 1999. Mm-hmm. Ran the marathon the next year, 2000, with him in the jogging stroller, 327. And then Al, after the other child, it was downhill from there, man. Oh no, <laughs> parent, parent, parenting takes up time, and in order to, you know, you you you, you reap what you sow. You you get out of what you put into it, and yeah. to, to you know hit those things, it takes. Uh, time so when i found park run that particular day i'm like what's this it's a what it's free what yeah because i hate it i hate it paying for a run <laughs> i mean there's no medals there's might be a shirt you know you get the yeah but i just like oh i can't do this any anymore particularly yeah it just wasn't it was kind of a not not a really happy time found park run and just fell fell in love with it and this is amazing started meeting people from around the world and do you know, Al, there's a thing called park run tourism where people show up at your park run from around the world? Yeah. Amazing. I've got, in, I've got invitations from people in Sydney, Australia. Last what? week, Northern Ireland, people that were here. Our park run, like Victoria, if you look yeah. up our city, Victoria, BC, is a very um, much visited city by tourists from around the world. 
where our park run is located. It's just mm -hmm. on a little um, right by the ocean overlooking Washington State. So Washington right. State's just across the Strait of Juan de Fuca from us. We have, we've had cruise ships pull into our port. Park runners have taken a cab up to catch our park run. <laughs> wow, it's a popular one then. Yeah, it's, and, but we only have small numbers. We had like almost 60 this past week, 70. Yeah. Like we're, we're always under 100. Right. Uh, we didn't even hit 100, I don't think, for our 100th anniversary or 100th run. Uh -huh. So we just completed our 244th run. I've done 111 or 112 park runs now um, here and a couple back home in Nova Scotia where I'm from. I go home in the summer for a couple of weeks and I try to do a park run there. Because right. you meet people. Have you ever noticed you meet people on this Instagram or Facebook thing and they actually you show up at a run and they recognize you. Yeah, that is scary, isn't it? It's like, go, I've seen you on Instagram. It's like, it's like being famous. <laughs> we got fitness over 50 here. We got this guy from Vancouver on. What, but it's, 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 it's absolutely. And it's amazing. In the community, we just had our park run Christmas social. I organized this past Saturday night. Had like 30 people out. Mm. I love people, meeting people from all around the world. I love that we have park walkers. I love that mm. I've met people yeah. from South Africa who came up and they never ran with us. They, they just volunteered. I love wow. that the majority of uh, park run participants in South Africa actually walk course because yeah. they get these discovery points for their insurance program where they can accumulate those points up for free flights, you know, et cetera. Oh. It's, a, it's amazing. Oh. Um, yeah, it's just uh, – we actually have this guy putting a log on the fire. I, I can't – it's crazy. <laughs> but, on the TV. But yeah, log on. on the TV. <laughs> Yeah, see, there's his hand. Look. Oh, there's a hand here. He's putting the glove yeah. in the fire. It's real. Like, how much are you getting paid? How do you get? <laughs> how do you score that job? Right. <laughs> but no, park run. I've done. I think volunteered. I was run director this past week, and so 77, 78. My goal is to get 100 volunteers because, uh, as you know, vol volunteering is um, the um, biggest part of of mm. park run. Can't happen yeah, without volunteers. volunteers. Make it, yeah, yeah. Oh, and you'd be interested in this. Having seen you with the uh, PB bell at your home, yeah. Have now, you got a PB bell? PR I'm, bell. I'm, I'm I'm buying one for us. You buy him one buying, uh, for because Christmas. Of, because it's going to be. My, it's because of Riverside. It's going to be my yes. uh, my my Christmas gift to our Park Run community. I'm buying us the PR PB bell. I can't wait to see the first person ringing that. You know, I meant to get it for Saturday for a social, but one of our event directors couldn't be there. So I wanted to make it more special, you know, when they actually give me access to the bullhorn. I just, when... <laughs> the bullhorn, yeah. I just, I was just assuming because Riverside was my first park run that at the end, if you get a PB or PR, um, you ring the, you ring the bell. And I just assumed yeah. all park runs had this. And then I go around to do a bit of park run tourism and people are like, what are you talking about? I'm like, where's the bell? <laughs> It's like, we don't have one. What's that? I need to ring I it. <laughs> How, I, I need to let people know I have to just run really fast. I know. <laughs> well, it's one of those things. Like, we, it's so easy, um, you know, when we're, we have to celebrate our wins, Al. You know, yeah, and when definitely. we have those wins and yeah. you got to get out and we have to be there to celebrate other people's wins. And some people mm -hmm. silently will say, oh, my God, I think I got a PB. I got it. You know, well, let, let's share it with the world. Yeah. We're ring I, that bell. I love it, Ed, because I, I see so many people. 
I don't know, it's just an English thing. So timidly, give it a little ding and put it back down again. I know. <laughs> and if you, see, if you see me, I'm actually standing on the table, ringing it really loudly, and people are turning around and applauding. I'm taking oh, yeah. bows. I'm coming back on for encores. Absolutely. But yeah, Absolutely. You, you've got to celebrate the wins because there's so many lows, but the running community yep. is there for the lows as well. We'll support you when you fall. We'll pick you back up. And when you win, yep. we're there for you, celebrating with you. It is, Al, and we've had people come out and, and run with us and, you know, and we can talk about our struggles and our lows, but mm-hmm. a lady comes out and joins us. She has a brain tumor, you know, yeah. she looks forward to that time Saturday yeah. morning, every Saturday she's out there, she walks it and, um, you know, maybe 50 minutes this week, I think. And mm-hmm. it, it's a highlight of her week yeah. that she can get out and do this despite going through chemotherapy wow. and you know, her challenge is the fellow yeah. that has a, a hip replacement, a knee replacement, um, but found out about Park Run when he was visiting his son in Adelaide, Australia, mm-hmm. and comes back to Victoria and, oh, we don't have a park run here. And who does he run into? He runs into me. Oh, no. And I say, <laughs> of, course, <laughs> of course, we have a park run. Come on down. Oh, I can't run. <laughs> and he just comes and walks it. And his wife is a retired physician. She'll take their dog and go and Ah, oh, it's just um, it's a it's a great thing. Yeah, Over I think the people locations who around the world. I think the amazing. people who don't really know much about parkrun, once you do it, you really get a good sense of it because it's so much more than just a run. It's like running community, but yeah. it's it's just a community in general, isn't it? I think a lot of people, yeah. maybe it's even just like the volunteers or whoever, you can tell a lot of them. Uh, it's probably their only like social con like contact with people yes. for the week. Yep, and yes. they absolutely love it. And they're yeah. all everyone's such so, so united and talking and shouting and thanking people. It's it's absolutely brilliant. Then you start getting recognized in the street and you're like, who was that? Oh, that's the marshal of point two. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what? They're, oh, they're what? great. <laughs> yeah, I know. If it wasn't for them, I wouldn't be able to run. So yeah, I know. I that's know. up to them. Yeah. Yeah. We had a girl move from Vancouver. She's actually from Siberia and mm. Natasha. And she just she was welcoming our newcomer. She showed, she saw us one day and uh, she joined us and I invited her to our social. And she's like, this is amazing. I'm like, <laughs> well, thanks. You know, they have four of them over in the Vancouver area, but you know, it's, it's something that's not well public or not, not well par- publicized or marketed because we, we have no budget, right? It's, yeah. it's a nonprofit. It's a word, word of mouth thing more than mm-hmm. anything. And you and I certainly do our best to get the word out there. Yeah. But um yeah, she, I mean, and we never know. Here's the thing, Al. Um, you never know what's going on for somebody, right? Yeah. And a simple little gesture, like inviting them out to our, our run or a walk on Saturday morning, hmm. may change their life. Definitely. You know, yeah. as you know, one run can change your life, but many runs, one run can change your day, but many runs can change your life. No, oh, particularly a park run, right? <laughs> one of my favorite. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Park run is that. Yeah, can't speak more highly of it. It's a, it's a great sense of community, and it, it gives you so much more than just overall physical fitness, mentally and community. It's 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 a very special thing. And I'd Absolutely. love Ed. I'd love it's it's on my bucket list. It's one day to come over and visit you and do your park run, Ed. I would absolutely love that. <laughs> and ditto. My my goal was to retire. Let's just get around. <laughs> To get around and get get his autograph and uh, <laughs> do as many park runs around the world as I can before I before I leave this world. And yeah, so uh, that when you retire, you want to go around the world and do so many park runs. Yeah, that's yeah. what I want to do. Do, do you have wanna... any in mind, or are you just going to just go? Um, 
the ones that people have invited me to. <laughs> Do that. You know, Man Manly, Australia, um, Northern Ireland. Uh, I just got an invitation. Um, so I've had a couple of invitations over the years. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, the, with the Park Run Tourism pages, I you know, kind of follow along and, and uh, people will point out certain certain runs. But to me, you know, it doesn't really matter. Just like with anything, it's not, you know, people, oh, the course was up. I went down into yeah. a quarry. Yeah. We went around. Then we had to go back up at the quarry at the end. And it's not the, it's not the run. Okay. We know it's 5K. They're all 5K. It's the people yeah. that we meet yeah. when we're walking on the street, right? <laughs> and and it's the people make any experience, you know, worth worthwhile. Yeah. Typically not the, the surroundings per se. So, yeah, I'm just going to go and I'm just going to meet more people, Al, at Parkland. <laughs> yeah, I did, uh, I did a bit of Parkland tourism uh, the other week and I did it. I put it on my YouTube channel. And it's such a lovely thing that I just went to a, a, a little town outside of Manchester called Watchdale. And they had a little park run there. 30 people showed up. And I tell you what, it was absolutely fantastic. But what a way to to see a new place that you haven't been to and what a way to meet new people for the first time. And that all left you know, such an impression on me and they all remembered me. I don't know if I must stand mm -hmm. out in the crowd. But then afterwards, I, sh I kind of shared my little story on, on on social media and they saw it and they shared it. And then, you know, they became friends with me on social media and then forgotten about it. And then I just was running around my local athletics course and here's this park run, you know, two hours away then congratulating me for for my efforts and i was like nice. wow look at that they're running community yep. coming together again and making new links and people i would never have met but through yep. parkrun it's building more and more links and yeah community it's absolutely fantastic i don't think there's a better community out there than the, the running one so yeah absolutely love it yeah, yeah you'll absolutely. have to you'll have to come to riverside ed i'm officially inviting you to hours and then you can ring the pb bell at the end because you get a PB for that first time you've run that course. So you definitely get the PB. One of the nice. readest things I had, because a lot of people are starting to now recognize me as personal best. Yeah. But one time uh, did sort of freak me out that I was like, okay, people are still are starting to take notes of what I'm doing. They overtook me and I just heard them shout, all right, Colin. And I was like, what? <laughs> it's actually, they're actually referring to the swan that I call Colin. So yeah, it's going to be crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Come over to Riverside Ed and meet Colin Absolutely. and I might be there too. But yeah, it's I'd, on I'd... my list. On my list. <laughs> Are you going to be doing the uh, park run alphabet as well? Are you going to be playing that no, game? I've I've seen it on the five k app, but uh, if <laughs> yeah, it's you know those those things happen. Some things. Q's and Z's uh, is like that's going to be hard to take off, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. But it's 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 one day at a time, one park run at a time. And if it happens to be a letter of the alphabet that I need, if I'm doing that thing, so be it. But. <laughs> But yeah, just live every day your best you can do. Yeah. That's all yeah. that's all we can do. Yeah. But so thanks so much, Ed, for being on the show. Yeah. You're just so positive, especially with everything you've gone through. And uh yeah, you're, you're a remarkable man. And thank you for sharing your story and uh seeing Luca there. Hi Luca. <laughs> just, hi, uh... oh. Yeah, this is the fellow I told you about Luca that has the pet swan Colin. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there you <laughs> go. But yeah, anytime, Al. Anytime. Thank you, thank you so much. Appreciate your efforts to do of of in doing this, and um, 
you know, I didn't, I didn't share with you. One of my good running buddies is from, uh, I think he's from Manchester. He's here. Mm. He has bipolar disease. Um, I'm one of his advocates and, uh, yeah, he is a, he's a, he is a tough time, you know, nice. and, uh, he's trying to qualified for Boston. Um, he's 50. He ran 50 kilometers for his 50th birthday. And, um, yeah, I've been part of his journey for some time. He was homeless at one point. He's in sheltered housing now, but he's he's just an amazing athlete. But his his mental health um, medications cause him to gain weight, and which is negatively impacting his ability to qualify for certain marathons. Mm-hmm. And so we're trying, as a running community here, most Park Run friends, uh, trying to be there for him as a as a community to um you know running and all that is great but we have to take care of ourselves first yeah and um and the mental health component is just as important as the physical health component and if and you know we just it's all all part and parcel of you know what we're made of and i thought i was gonna be one of the minority that actually runs for my mental health not my physical health and the Mm -hmm. more i talk to runners the more I realize that's not true. So many runners run for their mental health. It's it's very focus for escapism. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's it's big, and some people are you know in the shadows about it, and then they mm. they see maybe guys like you and me talking about it, and yeah. all of a sudden they go, oh, maybe I can share. Yeah, you can you talk know? about it. Yeah, yeah, talk about it. Talk, and, about, talk um, about the good times and the bad times. Yeah, yeah, and that and that's a good thing. So what you're doing here is amazing. Thanks, and uh, I appreciate the invitation uh, to come on here and mm-hmm. uh, share a bit of my journey. And if you or any of your guests ever have any questions, I'm happy to help. Wow, thanks, Ed. I think uh, I think we're up to speed now with where you are currently, aren't we? Yep. Not currently in my living room. <laughs> is that uh, is that Luca in the background? That's Luca. Yeah, he's wiped out from a run this morning. How's he cope with the runs? Is he okay? Well, he's he's got the biggest, longest uh, dog running streak in the world. <laughs> oh, yeah, we'll, we'll have good. to talk. We'll have to talk about your run streak now, Ed. So, sure. my calculations: what you on seven hundred and forty-seven? That was yesterday, seven forty-eight this morning. Oh, seven forty. So you've been running seven forty-eight days in a row. Every day in a row. Minimum of three kilometers. Wow. So the weather out there must be great then. There's no bad weather days. It was raining today, Al. You it still was went out. Today. Rain today. It snowed last winter. I had to shovel a 200 meter path up and down our lane yeah. uh, and repeat back and forth 15 times to get my 3K in. <laughs> but there must, know, be, there, must be, there must be days, Ed, that you're feeling unwell. Has, oh, that yeah. came, has that been come close that you thought, no, the streak ends today? No, no, I had, uh, I had um, COVID, you know, I've had back issues, but, mm-hmm. but what I tell everybody, Al, mm-hmm. Luca has to pee every day, right? Doesn't right. stop him from going outside. <laughs> so <laughs> somebody's got to take him, Al. And so, <laughs> and that's how this whole thing started. He, he started the jog before, uh, before I was uh, keen on it, and next thing you know, we're we're running every day. Wow, 
but yeah and you know some of the run streak friends i have online there's one girl uh she she ran the day that she had birth gave birth i'm like if if somebody can do that i can i can i know didn't say how far she ran but she has an official streak 20 years 20 20 years years. every day years and she was day. running on that day she was giving birth, running to the hospital. Yes. Yeah. I don't know. Ran before or after. Or... Yeah. But anyway, somebody can do that, man. It's, but it's just, it's just, and it, and it is one day after another, you know, uh-huh. it's just, you know, we take it day by day. And, um, you know, the goal is to at least hit a thousand days and get what they call in the run streak world, my comma, <laughs> one comma, zero, zero, zero. Right, right. But <laughs> you, you know, but as long as this guy's in my life, you know, we're we're out every morning. Yeah. At the moment, it's a it's a run, and you know, there may come the day that Luca can't run with me, and uh, we'll be walking. But we're we're out there. You got to keep moving. If you don't mm. you don't use it, you lose it, Al. <laughs> oh, and you've got so many great catchphrases and stuff. Get out! It's friendly fire. Okay, uh, Ed, could I now have your friendly fire question, please, for my next battle guest? The friendly fire question for the next battle guest, given the season that we're in, what's your favorite Christmas carol? Oh, favorite Christmas carol? So many. I've got to ask, Ed, what's your favorite Christmas carol? Oh, being from Canada, I'm going to send the hero. Oh, wait, no, I've got to stop you there. Oh, I've just run out of time again. Oh, never mind. Oh. Oh. But stay tuned for next week, and I'll let you know the answer. <laughs> you think, Luca, should I actually go and go to work now? In life, when we're punched in the gut, we just have to roll with the punches and Get back stand up. up and punch <laughs> that Chris Hemsworth back in the head. You know, like with his smooth skin. Mm. <laughs> with his nice, smooth, you know, million-dollar skin. <laughs> Thank you so much, Ed, for agreeing to be on my show and sharing your story with personal best so what can i learn from ed well he's he's a person who sees trauma very frequently in his job he's a person who's had to deal with trauma close at home too and yet he's one of the most positive people i've i've met a person who really does seize the day i think because of what he does and he knows how fragile life is. He really does grasp every moment, cherishes every single minute. He's so positive when he's doing his running, his park runs. He's so happy for people to join in. And he just wants the world to share in his joy for running and park run. And in life, he sees people on their darkest days. And he knows how hard life can be. And yet, the man is such a positive person. So that's what I'm going to take away from this. That no matter what darkness you can go through, it doesn't mean you've got to keep hold of it. Yes, you can mourn. Yes, things can hurt. But you can also let go and keep moving forward. Be kind, corner. As I've always said, it's those small things, those small acts of kindness that really help. And I think from Ed's story, it shows another side of it, what Ed was doing in that Saudi hospital, learning a bit of Arabic so when his patients come round, 
the first thing they hear is a familiar kind word. And what a thing that was to do, Ed. Such a kind gesture. So not even is it just the gestures and the smiles. Kindness can also be a word. And for Ed, he was saying doing that didn't help his own trauma, but helped his patient's trauma. Even if you're hurting, you can still help others. Let's all be more like Ed. As episode 4 is coming to a close, please can I ask you to rate and subscribe to this podcast on your podcast providers. Remember, life is fragile, so embrace the moment. Leave the past behind you. It doesn't define you. Look forward. Be kind to yourself and others and have a great day. You are going to smash it. I'm Al. You can find me on social media. Search person underscore Al underscore best. This was Personal Battles. Keep some laughter in your heart and stay with us. We have cookies. No, we don't. I hate them, sorry. Until the next battle, it's goodbye from Al.